This is episode number 23, part one of Demona Hoffman and I have a podcast. Yo and hello, I am Vinny Podestivo. This is I Have a Podcast. And on today's very special episode, I get to introduce you to a very dear friend of mine from the world of podcasting, broadcast television, and matchmaking. Yes, that's right. Demona Hoffman is a dating coach and on-air personality. She starred in two any Network's TV series, Black Love, and one that we got to work on together, A Question of Love. Plus, she's a regular on-air contributor to The Drew Barrymore Show, NPR, NBC's Access Daily. She's a real big wig in the world of podcasting and all things fabulous. And I'm just very excited to have her join us right here on I Have a Podcast at the beginning of our journey so she can share with us all that she's learned during hers. Well, it it started initially, nobody knew what podcasting was. It had been around for a while, but the especially coming from broadcast network and cable television, it was so foreign to most people that uh, I initially started out doing it as an internet radio show. So I went to a studio where, you know, I paid for space and they would broadcast it, stream it on their platform. So I did it live for, I think I did it that way for six years, six, six and a half years, um, live every week. And then we would take that and distribute it on, on iTunes, Stitcher, all of the, all of the above. And then um, about two years ago, I realized that I, I have a space in my house that I could build my own studio and really control my own content. I also realized that the, the level of podcasting was increasing as more money was coming into the game and more, more uh, bigger name talent was really stepping up the level production quality that was expected from podcasting. I was like, I can't do this live anymore. I have to be able to edit it and really shape it like I did when I was a TV executive. So I built out my studio here and I now do three podcasts from my home studio. I do uh, Dates and Mage, Dates I do Dates and Mates, which is my flagship show on dating and relationships. I do a business podcast called I Make a Living, which I do for the the FreshBooks brand. And that's all about entrepreneurship and how to carve your own path. And then I also freelance for NPR's Life Kit. And that's all done from right here in my garage. And was that ever part of the plan to be able to to do all that? Because like we to work for my garage. Yeah, we didn't grow up thinking that like, you know, this would ever be done from home. Like I definitely thought I'd be in a studio by craft services in between hair, makeup and craft services for the rest of my life working in talent. I never thought that this would be a possibility. And I love the virtual piece of it. I love it. At the same time, I also miss the not virtual piece of it. Um, And it's been a continual evolution. So no, I never, I never intended to do any of this, to be honest with you, Vinny. Like I never intended to even be on camera, on the mic. Um, You know, when, when I started as a TV executive, my goal was to create content that other people were in, (laughs) but because I had that background and I also developed my brand as a dating and relationship coach all while I was also 
producing television, it was a very natural transition. So I never think too much about like, where am I ultimately going? I think what, what am I, what do I want to do next? And what do the next like one to two years look like? Well, when you think of, well, when you think of those next projects, what, what is it that, that is like in theme? Is it people? Is it energy? Is it purpose? Like what's the, what's the sort of commonality between, behind those because you have you have a background in casting a bit as I well do. Yes, i like do just, you're pulling all all, you know all the back background I, I i just love your background <laughs> and where you're at right now because like it's one thing to be a storyteller it's another thing like in ours to be story doers and makers and formatters and to let the storytellers tell their story and i love what you've done in the podcast space and as i stepped into it you're definitely one of the people that i've looked up to when I look to the future, I just really think about what do I want to do next? Like, what do I enjoy doing? And I know I enjoy, I enjoy telling people's stories and helping people like really um, get to create the life that they want. So I do that both in love and also in entrepreneurship and in a lot of different, um, a lot of different areas of your life. And I just also, I love talking to people. I love connecting to people. And I also love entertaining people. So I don't always know exactly what it looks like. I still love television. And Vinny, I got a fire in my belly to do another show. I'm telling you. (laughs) In the next five years, it's going to happen. I don't know where it's going to happen, but somehow it's going to happen. But I really look at the podcast, I've always looked at the podcast as my content engine. So everything I do from my my blog to my social media to articles that I write, I now write for LA Times and Washington Post, It I look at it all as being connected to the podcast and I pull elements of it and repurpose elements or use them as jumping off points for different content streams. But it all begins with what happens here in my garage in this little box. (laughs) Sometimes you don't choose your path. Your path chooses you. So I, when I was working in casting, actually, I was uh, at CBS and working at the network and finding that there were really talented actors that just did not know what to do to get noticed by someone like you or me. And they didn't have the right headshots. They didn't know what to do when they got in the room. They were maybe really well-trained, but there's this whole other piece of marketing and presentation that was not being taught to actors. So I started out teaching these marketing classes at night on on all those things that I talked about. And I was dating at the time and on dating apps and realized the similarities between a headshot and a profile pic and a first date and an audition. So I ended up applying those techniques that I was teaching actors to my own online dating experience. And I met my husband and people were like, well, how'd you meet him? Wait, online dating, it actually works? Well, it never worked for me. And I would look at their profile and find that there was a mismatch between what they thought that they were saying and what they actually were putting out into the world. So I started initially just as a profile writer, and it was never intended as a career. I just was, the whole time I was a TV executive, I did that on the side. It was all word of mouth. People were just like, Demona's doing, go go to Demona, get your profile on. And, um, 
after I yeah, she'll make it better. I, it's, <laughs> it's funny, Damona. It's funny to think of you sitting there looking through all these profiles, and you're just like, oh, if only you would have said X, Y, Z, then it could have you could have booked this gig. It could have been so easy for you, guy. But like, you just just not how you represent your talent, buddy. It's just it's just like it's so frustrating sometimes when how off people's interpretations of of how their per- talent is perceived and also projected. So it's yes. awesome to hear that you saw that pain point and were like, let's fix this. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes it's so subtle, Vinny. Like, I mean, you know this. Like, it, it could just be that you're showing too much skin and it makes people think, like, you're never going to get called in for the doctor if they're looking at you and thinking, like, she's she'd be better as like girl in a bar you know like and it's the same thing with dating it's just like well you gotta sort of cast yourself into your love story like what do you want people to see of course we are all multifaceted multi-dimensional no you know can't put people in a box but at the same time i i look at your profile as you're the curator of the museum of your life so you don't put all your paintings out there on the floor you need to curate them and show people the ones that tell the story that you want to tell them at first and and it's always a progression like i would say this to actors too get them to think of you for one thing before they'll think of you for everything so if you just just get in the door look if you know you always go in like I have a friend that played the bellhop, seriously, no joke, about a dozen times. I don't know what it was about him that made everybody think that he was a bellhop, but he kept booking bellhops. And then he would go in and do his best work every time. And then he would get hired again and hired again. And eventually he was able to break out of being the bellhop. But like, I don't know, I would rather be paid to be a bellhop than to not be paid or be working at all. And a lot of people fight against that idea of just like, no, 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 don't put me in a box. And believe me, as a person of color and like, not just as a person of color, as a person who is black, Jewish, you know, biracial, like I, I come from, I, and I'm from the Midwest where like, I, no one looked like me. No one had my background. No one had my religious experience. It, it was, I've always been a little bit of a fish out of water. And so I understand the pushback of not wanting to be put in a box, but at the same time, you have to know which parts of yourself to shine a light on for the opportunity that's in front of you at the moment. And has that changed? Because we talk about this initially as like a photo and I'm like, and then video profiles. I'm like, oh man, you go and change the rules. I don't know if we're ready for video profiles, to be honest. Um, I They're coming. They're, I mean, they've been here. They've been here. Yeah. Match Match tried it. And there's a bunch of dating apps that are like, you know, video dating, chat roulette kind of things. I, um, I still think it's a little bit, it's that process of, it's like the drip of getting to know someone over time. And like Dr. Helen Fisher, whose work I follow and adore, she talks about slow love or slow dating and really letting that that connection unfold and revealing your yourself in increments 
over time. Like, I feel like now we're in such a rush. That's that's the biggest change that I've seen since I started coaching like 15-ish years ago is the speed of dating. Like everybody's just like, I, I want to get to the result. I want to get to the end. And I think that's, it's part, it's mostly, I think, driven by the way we communicate now and social media. People want to blame the dating apps, but I don't think the dating apps are the problem. I think it's, it's the technology that, that has made everything accessible at the blink of an eye that makes us then put that same pressure onto a process that really does take time. You can't know what the outcome of your relationship is going to be. You can't know if they're the one, the time that you meet them. You have to see how you interact over time. You have to build trust through a series of interactions and you just can't shortcut that. Podcasting might be one of the ultimate content engines, but tune into part two of this incredible conversation with Demona and I as we dive in deeper into best practices for podcasts and how to define your audience. Thanks for listening to I Have a Podcast. For more information about today's episode, visit us at IHaveAPodcast.com. If you like what you've heard, follow us or subscribe to be notified of our next episode, and we appreciate any kind reviews. 